Welcome back to Round Guy, the podcast as Henshaw Trailer Sales of Richland, Iowa presents high school playoff basketball in Southeast Iowa. If you need a stock trailer, a horse trailer, or a flatbed trailer, a utility trailer, or a cargo trailer, if you need an in-coach trailer, even a dump trailer, whatever your trailer needs are, talk to Corwin. He's been doing this for over 50 years. Uh, anyway, uh, well, on the phone with us is Scotty Melvin, and we're going to give you an update over last night's 2A and, th- and uh, 1A action. Uh, welcome to the program, Scott. Good morning, Dave. How's it going? It's going great, and I'm glad to hear from you. It was a very exciting night last night. Tell me about uh, some of the games you were watching. Well, I, I wasn't able to get the uh, Winfield game versus Danville, Winfield Mount Union Danville game. I couldn't get that one tuned in. I I guess you did, so we'll hear from you on that one. So I, I turned on KCII <clears throat> right before tip-off, listened to Zach Ulan and Larry Tabakhorst uh, call the game, and they did a great job, and it was almost like being there. Not quite as good, but almost. And uh, so I listened to that one, and then I was able to find uh, Waco and New London on my phone on YouTube and watch it on the on the tiny screen. So uh, I didn't get into that one until the second half, so I had to charge up my phone. But uh, – I went back and forth between the two, and, and um, man, there was some real excitement last night in both games. Oh, my gosh, yes. Uh, yeah, they were right down to the wire, both of those games. Uh, so uh, you watched – you were basically focused on Mid-Prairie. How did that game play out? Well, to start off, you know, uh, Mid-Prairie, I thought they had a great start. And, you know, there, there's nothing to, uh, you know – nothing negative about the way they played in the first half. Um, West Burlington stuck right with them. They uh, talked about quite a bit, uh, Zach and Larry, about how West Burlington's, I believe, the sixth best three-point shooting team in the state. Ooh, yeah. And three ball, three ball was keeping them in it. You know, Mid-Prairie would score, and, and the Falcons would have an answer. Mid-Prairie would score, and the Falcons would have an answer. And I thought, well, this, this might be nip and tuck the whole way. And uh, they were pretty good clamping down on Carter Harmson. He had a big a big uh, two-handed jam in the first quarter early on that uh, got quite a bit of reaction from the sounds of it there. wish I could have seen it. That's one of those moments where the radio is great, but I wish I could have seen that play in person. But, uh, you know, West Burlington stuck with him. But Jack Pennington was an X factor in the first half. This kid, if, if I had a nickel for every time, Zach and Larry called his name in the first half for either scoring a bucket or doing something on the defensive end, getting a loose ball, whatever, you know, I'd walk into work this morning and retire. It was amazing. But uh, to the Falcons' credit, man, they stuck right with the Golden Hawks in the first half. And, and what happened was about that time, about halftime, we started getting supper together. And uh, that's when I thought, okay, my phone's got enough juice. Let's check on Waco. And it was at halftime at their game too. So we're kind of milling about and getting supper together. And, and I'm not paying as close attention to uh, the radio in the other room. And then uh, next thing you know, as I'm – kind of locking into the Waco game and it's getting down to the wire and it's a close game. I find out that mid Prairie has gone on another one of their crazy runs 22 to nothing in the second half. I think that spanned part of the third and, and into the fourth and literally blew the Falcons off the court. This is the second game in a row where these guys have just said, okay, we've had enough. We're not going to leave any doubt here. And I don't know how it transpired. I don't know who the key players were because like I said, I was distracted with the, uh, the Waco game. But I'll be interested to uh, hopefully you'll get to talk to Coach Lambert and hear how that played out because this is two games in a row where the Golden Hawks have just blown somebody right off the floor. 
Well, like I say, I watched the – I had the, the Waco New London game on the radio – or on the TV because uh, it was yeah. on YouTube because yeah. thanks to the Warriors boosters, they paid it. Look, man, they, yeah. they were already about $1,000 into this. And uh, if I went in again, that might have bring it up to about 1500 bucks to pay it. But they're paying it. Oh, and the, the numbers were big. There was over 600 people watching it last night too. Uh, but let's before we get into that one, let's let's talk about the. I'll tell you a little bit about what I know about the Winfield Mount Union game. You know, uh, and Danville, so close all the time, all the time. Uh, and I would say Winfield probably want was winning most of the time, but. It just that last minute, you know, it just seemed like the Danville had, you know, they was ahead and then, you know, they'd foul and then Danville make those baskets, you know, but kept going within three. And it seemed like Winfield hit him, took about three, three times. They tried to shoot that three to tie it up, but it just yeah. kept going in and out. Uh, I, I didn't, I don't think they got the ball to Cam Buffington enough, to be honest with you, in the second half. Uh, but you know, they had a fantastic season and coach had them ready to play. And it just, this Danville team, they, they survive, you know, they survived that first round with the last second shot. They survived this round with just really basically a game that was down to the inside the last minute. So that was, that was pretty, uh, pretty great. I'm sorry that coach Edwards isn't going to, uh, be moving on, but, uh, you know, this Danville team, they've been solid all year long. And, uh, you know, both these games are about within a basket of each other, you know, or except for Mid-Prairie. I mean, Mid-Prairie is really, I mean, they're really looking solid. Now, now let's talk about the Waco game. I don't know uh, how Shula Simeon Reichenbach's totals came out, but <laughs> – that was a pretty solid effort by everybody. Uh, the Lichty kid got in foul trouble, and I mean, quickly. He had 3,000 in the first half, and they, they set him for a while. But he played a big game. He plays a big role, and he's a really, uh, really a, a great player. Uh, you know, I don't think he gets recognized enough for his presence, and he's physical, and that's why he got into those fouls and stuff. But, you know, he made a, a couple free throws right at the end of the game to – you know, separate the distance so that they couldn't catch up. And but New London, wow, I was incredible. They were incredible. You know, you know that there was times. You know, there was times in in the Montezuma game and this New London game where I just didn't think the Warriors was going to be able to handle them. You know, I'm like these guys are just too damn good. But their coach is amazing. You know what I mean? It's just. He, you know, he keeps the substitutions coming. He keeps make, mixing up the mismatch, the, the matchups. He keeps his team, you know, from getting too high or too low. Uh, although they they did they had a good lead also going into the fourth quarter, and then it just seemed like all they wanted to do was just drain clock, and they forgot about shooting the ball or anything. And and then when they did shoot it, they'd miss it, turn it back over. And that New London, they were a great team. It was a uh, that Blaze Porter was amazing, and the, the Benjamin kid, I think, looked really solid. He was hard to maneuver around. You know, he's big and had a big presence. Uh, no, but uh, that was uh, – I don't know. Anything else to say about the game? Any observations you made? 
I didn't get to see enough of it to see how it all played out, but um, going off what you said and, and the, the parts that I did see in the second half, you know, Waco, and I saw this in person when I watched them against Winfield a while back, they, they're kind of a streaky team, but given that you don't see them get overly excited, whether it's being up or down, you know, um, they're very even keeled, even tempered team. They don't panic. They just go out and do their job. And if things aren't going their way for a while, no big deal. They just keep chipping away and, and they find ways to win. And they've got all these bodies to run at teams. And that's, uh, I think in one A, especially a huge advantage to have such a deep bench, you know, and they don't have to depend on any one or two, you know, star power type kids. They just, whoever's, whoever's uh, available to, to make a difference that they find that guy or those guys and, and they pull out victories and they just keep winning. Well, and, you know, you know, like I said, they don't have the best record in, in the conference or whatever. I still felt like they were my favorite to, to come out of this sub-state because of the depth and, and just the style of play that they have. Well, Waco's really deep, and uh, Winfield's a little uh, a little little short, to be honest with you. I mean, they don't have a big depth, and I think maybe in the playoffs, I think that's it's more important to be you know deep than have the absolute best players on the floor. What do you think? I think so because you could have your, you know, you could have uh, the clamps get put on your best player because somebody else has a presents a, a good matchup for you, mate. I, you know, said you said uh, in the Winfield game that you thought Buffington didn't uh, get enough touches or whatever, at least down the stretch. It could be the Danville scheme for it or you know whatever. I didn't get to see it, but they had some they had some size to match uh, Winfield, so that that can be a problem if you don't have the depth. Somebody else to. You know, if you're throwing off your game plan a little bit, or your or your main score is, is shut down, you got to have some other guys, and maybe a whole cast of guys that can pick that up. And I, I feel like Waco has that. They sure do. And they were so well coached, and their coach just he knows when to call timeouts. He knows what what to how to make halftime adjustments. You know, he knows how to bring the guys in and out. He knows, you know, everybody has a little different ability. You know. And he knows how to yeah. get the most out of each kid's ability and how to match it up against the other team's ability. Yeah. They, I mean, well, I'll tell you what, they've been in uh, two 15 round knockout drag out fights. They seem to yeah, come out on well. top at the end. Well, let's real quick go over the three, a games uh, today. So uh, I got the soul and Spartans uh, playing the Washington demons. Well, you know about this. Well, they just, played uh last game of the regular season and what was that a, you know a week ago or so um and it was a tough game and Solon's going to be you know they're, they're, just, they're they're athletically excellent up there in pretty much everything so you know you're, you're going up against Solon in any sport you know you're in for a dog fight uh but Washington did pull that out it was a close game I want to say it was uh, maybe a seven point difference at the end I think uh fairly low scoring 50 something to 40 something um, so it's a rematch and a pretty short turnaround rematch. And you know how it goes when you're, when you're fairly evenly matched with another team playing more than once, or, or in like the case of, uh, the Hillcrest and Winfield thing playing three times in a season, that's, that's a tall order to, to continuously beat on a team that's on par with you. So Washington's got their work cut out for them. Yeah, I think it, you're right. You know, if you, you just look at a team on film is one thing. But playing them is another, you know what I mean? Yeah. 
remember in football season, Coach Ediker from Waco said that, you know, when you play a team twice and you were the winner the first time around, you don't have adjustments to make because you already had the recipe for success that first game. The other team, though, is looking at what they could have done better or differently. And if they find that, uh, that makes them, you know, they kind of flip it and they become the favorite. So this will be an interesting matchup. I, I still am pulling for the Demons. I think they'll get it done. I think they're another one of our area teams that's uh, on a mission and very focused. I think they'll find a way. Well, there's a couple other area teams that are still in here in uh, Class 3A. Clear Creek Command Clippers, Fort Madison Bloodhounds. Uh, this seems like a pretty, pretty uh, classic matchup here. Yeah, you know, Clear Creek's really good. Um, they handled Fairfield, a, a talented Fairfield team, and handled them well. Fort Madison struggled there with Oskaloosa, but, you know, some things I think to consider, you know, as we talked about, Oskaloosa is not as bad as their record might make you think. Um, and they had a great player that, you know, despite Fort Madison's uh, coaches and players knowing that he was coming at them, he was still able to get his. And uh, But they came out on top. It was a first round. Um, maybe they had some, you know, he's, uh, Coach Wilson said they had some nerves and stuff. You know, that's pretty typical. And, and they've got that first game under their belt. So I don't expect Fort Madison to have the nerve factor uh, here in round two against Clear Creek. And they're down at the Hound Dome again. So they've got home field advantage. Um, it's going to be a tough game, but I think Fort Madison will move on. Yeah, that Flirty kid had 19 points at the half on him. You know, yeah, and you, you know, a kid like him is gonna get his, but it sounded like, uh, you know, for whatever reason, that Fort Madison came out of the gate sluggish and, and they kind of let him have an, an easy path to a lot of those points in the first half. But as great teams do, man, they uh, they made adjustments, they they fired up and, and came out rolling in the second half and took care of business. A lot of times, a great player and you get him in the playoff and he just elevates his game even beyond that to, you know. To try, yeah. and try and advance because you don't want to quit playing. It's like every coach you you talk to at this point in the season in your interviews, you know, they all say the same thing. You know, the playoffs are – if you lose, you go home. So you're going to get everybody's best shot, and uh, there there are no easy games left now. Well, I, uh, I watched Clear Creek play Fairfield, and they just didn't seem to have any flaws at all. You know, they're big, and they're, they're very big, and they're very physical, yeah. and they can shoot the three-pointers, and they can – you know, they can shoot over you and they can mix it up with you and they'll push you around in the paint and stuff. Uh, it'll be a great game. But Fort Madison, you know, it's like I, I – here's my opinion about Fort Madison. If the game's about finesse and outside shooting and, uh, you know, and uh, those kind of intangibles, you know, the other team might beat Fort Madison. But if the game's about a fist fight, if the game's about being physical and knocking it around inside the paint and – Going at each other for a full game, that's Fort Madison's advantage, don't you think? It sounds like it. And uh, until I heard your last interview with Coach Wilson, I didn't realize that some of the, you know, some of the football players, some of our favorite guys from the fall were, were on the basketball team too because you don't read their names on Twitter or in the paper or whatever. But when you can bring guys like that off your bench and, and uh, you know, they brought the, the uh, superstar quarterback from the football team off the bench to take care of Flaherty. Man, when you got guys, tough-nosed dudes like that that can come out, and uh, mix it up and throw throw a star player off his game like that, that's a huge advantage when you factor in they've got those crazy good offensive players that do get all of the uh, press. And then uh, we got the our Mount Pleasant Panthers 
busted on through the first round and playing the Marion Wolves. Uh, uh, talk to me. Do you know anything about Marion? I don't know much about Marion. I, I see them, uh, you know, because I follow a lot of the Iowa City schools and stuff like that on Twitter. My son goes to school up at Iowa City, so I kind of keep tabs on that. And so I'll come across some stuff about Marion or or uh, Linmar, or, you know, some of these other northern schools that, that are doing well. And uh, the one thing that sticks out in my mind about Marion, they're 17 and five. One of those five losses was to a red hot Williamsburg Raiders team. And it was pretty recently. Um, so that's a, that's a very good two, a team, but we're in three, a now, and it's a, you know, another step up. Marion's the top seed here. Definitely the favorite over a Mount Pleasant team that's nine and 13 on the season, but we know Mount Pleasant's dangerous. They're fighting for their lives. Like everybody else at this point, they don't want to stop playing yet. I think they'll give Marion all they can handle. Um, but if I was to make a pick here, I'm going to stick with the top seed. I think we're going to see a Marion versus Fort Madison uh, substate. Well, I'll tell you, I, uh, I I talked to Andy Kressinger, and uh, he was super, super excited about this matchup. Uh, he's got uh, Mount Pleasant fever down there. Uh, yeah. He's, you know... You and I talked about it. You know, Fairfield and Mount Pleasant are primed to knock somebody off. These are not the teams you want to play in the first round. It turned out we were right again. Yeah, yeah. And I, if I'm Marion, I, you, they better not be taking this one lightly. They better not be looking ahead to the next round. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I've made my pick here, and I think they're going to win. But I'm not willing to count the Panthers out one bit here. Nope. Uh, do you know who Burlington plays at all? Yeah, Burlington's got a, a tall task. They're going up against Iowa City West. Iowa City West, I think, is like 14 and 7 or 15 and 7 on the year, which is a good record. But, um, you know, they play an absolutely brutal schedule. Uh, they play a high quality 4A schedule. And they've got one of the state's best players. I, if you haven't seen film on this kid, I recommend everybody go watch him. His name's Peter Moe. He's a very athletic six foot nine kid. He plays with a mean streak. A lot of dunk highlights and things like that. He's going to be highly recruited by colleges, and that's who Burlington's got to uh, try to shut down. So uh, now all these three A games are Thursday. Doesn't seem to be anything Wednesday. What is uh, Burlington play Thursday too? I'm pretty sure it's on Thursday. I can look it up real fast. But um, I had originally thought everybody was playing on Friday, but I was wrong on that. I believe uh, the the big schools are all playing on Thursday. So, do you know when uh, the second round of the Class A is? Uh, I believe Saturday. And I'm hoping that we get the the big Waco-Danville substate game close by. Uh, The locations haven't been announced yet, so I'll be watching Twitter close for that. But Saturday night's what I've got for – for the one A, and I'm, I'm assuming two A would be Saturday night as well. Hmm. Well, it's been great talking to you. I appreciate your time. Is there anything we didn't go over that you wanted to? Um, I don't think so. I just again, you want to shout out to um, KCII for keeping me on the edge of my seat with the game last night. Zach and Larry always do a great job with the Mid Prairie Sports. Um, Southeast Iowa Union, I depend on them so much and have for years. I mean, way beyond starting this podcast thing. I, I can look through my history and see all the stuff I've retweeted uh, scores-wise from those guys because they, they work so hard to cover 
all these Southeast Iowa sports teams. So uh, they, yeah. they kept us in the loop, and, and I feel informed this morning. They, they break their neck to do it. And they're yeah. covering all these. You got two guys to cover. I don't know how many sixteen games a night or whatever, and and they get out there and do it. It's uh, it's incredible. Well, yeah. uh, I got a, I got a little announcement to make. Um, we hit twenty seven hundred listeners last night, so we did that. This is our two hundred and forty ninth uh, episode. And uh, I've already recorded to 250, and I want to tell everybody about that. Now, uh, I do all the news and everything during the week, and Steve just focuses on these big interviews about Iowa destinations or interesting people connected to Iowa. And uh, so uh, today I'm going to post the 250th episode, and it's uh, an interview with the Field of Dreams. The Roman Weinberg is the, is the manager of the field and the facilities and runs everything over there. Uh, he, yeah, mm-hmm. it's a fascinating, incredible interview. And it's uh, hard to believe that we've already hit 250 episodes and we're gaining so many, so many listeners. Uh, I, I, I pretty much blame you for all of that, Scott. It's not me, man. It's the, it's the passion that our, our communities around here have for these kids and their uh, success in their sports, man. Uh, everybody loves it. What else do we have? We don't have a pro team nearby. <laughs> well, we got the Iowa Heartlanders. Uh, we got that uh, right. We do have, we do, we got some lower level pro stuff. But, yeah, uh, Iowa Ho- Heartlanders hockey team, which you can follow here. They are, uh, they are, uh, uh, they just had a three game winning streak and they got a big three game homestand. Yeah. I like to say, uh, Round guy just, I mean, he has, he knows so much about that place and he played a game there. He played a, uh, like a fantasy game there. He was picked to play. Uh, so he's playing with Reggie Jackson and uh, Drew and Catfish Hunter and he hits a grand slam in the game. So it's going to be a great one. Thanks everybody for listening. Thank you for all you did, Scott. Uh, uh, the numbers were fantastic again this week. Uh, we have two thousand over two thousand seven hundred listeners, and we got them one at a time, didn't we, Scott? Yeah, it's uh, pretty accurate. I mean, we just, you know, I mean, the, the truth is, you know, I have good numbers. I've never had great numbers on any episode, you know, but yep. uh, we just keep plugging away at it, and uh, hopefully, we're building this big audience. And thanks everybody for listening. You got anything else, Scott? That's it for me. Um, good luck the rest of the week for the kids that are still playing. Hopefully we get to keep talking about at least one of you uh, and right on through the state championship. Yep. It's uh, we're dwindling it down in a big hurry, but boy, I'll tell you, these games are exciting and I'm glad you guys are listening. And the numbers I'm seeing on the YouTubes and the Facebook lives are incredible for these games. So I know there's a big uh, listening audience. Thanks Southeast yep. Iowa for being with us one more time. We're out.